Let's rock and roll, people. Yes, welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 342 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, the Simply Cyber Squad community, Andy Nakamura, Shane Himes, Lewis Diamond, Harish Kumar, Alex Goodwin, Omatola, and so many of you are going to be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my opinion, my analysis. Some might argue it might be an expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize this at work in the short term or in the long term? And also, if you're looking to break into the industry, you're going to get massive value here. Believe that because you will be asked in any job interview, how are you staying current? And guess what? The Daily Cyber Threat Brief, it's legit. It's on the nose. It is how you stay current. I'm telling you, it's a sick answer. Oh, thanks, Meaden. Meaden Ashit. Addicted to the news? Heck yeah. Love me some threat intel. So, guys, we're going to have a great time today. I can't wait. <clears throat> Getting close to the final, the final 10 a.m. Eastern episodes of Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Let's get into it. I do have my coffee, guys. We're going to rock and roll. Before we dig into the news, before we tear back the curtain on Threat Intel, I want to say shout out and love to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend, the only company with a squad emote, I might add, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Longtime Simply Cyber community supporter, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and help businesses recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. Talking tummy trouble. Every phone call to Barricade Cyber comes with a <laughs> comes with a 18-ounce bottle of Pepto-Bismol. Listen, Barricade Cyber Solutions in all serious knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents, how to help businesses respond to bad situations, and more importantly, recover to a known good state. Oh, I love it, Eric the Gray. I'm so happy that uh, we can deliver value here for you. Guys, go to barricadecyber.com. Have a call with Eric Taylor. You can see uh, this is their website on stream right now, but here is his calendar. Good old Eric and me. You can get on his calendar for 1230 Eastern today. Why would you want to do it, guys? Left and right, a boom. Bad stuff's going to happen. You cannot eliminate all cyber risk. That's why it's not cybersecurity. It's cyber resiliency. Eric Taylor is an expert in helping businesses deal with right of boom after bad stuff happens. But guess what? If you set things up before bad happens, it's much less friction. It's much faster response times. It's a better experience in general. Go to barricadecyber.com. That's all I'll say about that. Also, a little love for XM Cyber. Guys, you all have misconfigurations. Need I say more? Okay, we've got misconfigurations, vulns, mismanaged creds, exposures up in the cloud, on-prem. It's a hot mess on fire. Where's my little dumpster? Where's my dumpster guy? There we go. It's a hot mess express uh, in your environment. But we try to do vulnerability management, but it's really hard because 
a lot of these items are siloed. There's an identity and access management team. IT is handling their own stuff. You got R&D people spinning up web apps just to pilot something, but then leaving it on. It is a hot mess on fire. But how do you even see all these things and do something about it? Well, this is where XM Cyber comes in. They've introduced a way to allow you to see all this nasty business, plus see it in the cloud and on-prem. So instead of looking at all this stuff in silos and just gross, gross log files and stuff like that, XM Cyber aggregates all these things up and provides you an attack graph, a very, very visually satisfying uh, attack graph, dark mode, um, to see not just hidden attack paths and obvious attack paths, but also where your security controls fail across your cloud and on-prem infrastructure. So here's the real value add to this, right? Visibility, knowledge, that's fine, but what do we do about it? With XM Cyber, you can actually pinpoint and prioritize the key issues that your organization's gonna have and identify those choke points, harden those up, and bring real cyber risk reduction to your business at, when I say a fraction of the cost, I'm saying instead of spending money, time, and effort on securing all the things, how about you focus on the ones that matter most and that can introduce the biggest um, impact if they got compromised. So that's what XM Cyber does. Visit XMCyber.com. Click the link in the description below to demo their exposure management platform. Also, I am working on uh, a project with XM Cyber. Again, I need to qualify if I can start uh, sharing this, but I'm working on something that is going to blow your mind. When I say that, I am not hyperbolic. I'm talking like, like that that meme with the guy with like the, the fireworks. That's what's going to happen. I'm leading uh, this project um, and I want to share it with you, but let me get it cleared first. Holla, holla, holla. Also want to say love to Panopsi, but we'll get to them at the mid-roll. I can't, I can't barrage you guys with too many sponsors right up the rip. So let me take a swig of the coffee. Let me say hello, Team Live. If you're live with us right now, I see 139 of you. Hashtag Team Live in chat. I know the 10 a.m.s are tough, which is why we're moving them all to 8 a.m. I moved my teaching schedule to accommodate the Simply Cyber community because I love you guys. I took the schedule and I went. <laughs> all right. Guys, if you're, if you're live, hashtag Team Live. I love it. I love it. I love it. Liam in New Zealand up at 2 a.m. Liam, I see you. I, I, I appreciate you. Guys, if you're watching on replay, hashtag Team Replay. I have an update for Team Replay. There's going to be a slight change to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing for the Team Replay people. Um, I want to make you aware of that. I'll tell you at, at the mid-roll. Hashtag passive observer. If you've been quiet, if you haven't typed anything in chat ever, you're always here. You show up on the regular, but you don't speak. Don't, stop that. Hashtag passive observer in chat. I'm telling you, networking is so valuable. I just had a call with someone yesterday who wants a different job. They need to find a different job. And, you know, one of the first things I said is you've got to lean into where it is you want to work. Lean into that network. De start delivering value to that network. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen. So, like, let's sit back and relax. We've got a lot of news to cover. Big, big FBI data breach, I think, is up in this thing. So we'll get into that. Sit back, relax, and let's let the awesome waves of good news wash over us. So series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Netherlands to adopt RPKI. 
The Dutch government plans to transition to resource public key infrastructure standards by the end of 2024 in an effort to improve the security of its internet routing. This will use digital certificates to secure BGP, protecting against malicious or accidental rerouting of network traffic. The country's standardization forum mandated all communication devices managed by the government must make this transition by the end of next year. 77.9% of Dutch government sites already use RPKI. According to NIST, however, global adoption lags behind, with only 41% of verifiable IPv4 prefix origin pairs complying. For some context, that marks an increase from 33.5% at the start of 2022. Okay. So we don't talk about BGP often at Border Gateway Protocol. It is how the internet works. Okay, guys, the internet, if you had never really stopped and thought about it for a second, the internet is just a network of networks. That's what the internet is. And the way those networks connect with other networks and how they know about them and the routing and everything is through Border Gateway Protocol. Most of us, like, you know, BSEC, the network engineer, he's not messing around with BGP. BGP is for, like, those ASNs, like the big ones. Like, Facebook has their own BGP stuff. But from time to time, a... Well, first of all, BGP was not built with security in mind. So, like, let's put that right on, you know, front and center. Um, I will point out Michael Hamm, uh, who went uh, got a PhD from uh, Dakota State University, was uh, slightly ahead of me. In uh, he teaches at faculty at Dakota State. His dissertation research was on uh, insecurities of BGP. So if you're interested, wicked smart guy. Uh, his research was on that. Very well done research. So you can go check that out on DSU's Beetle Scholar. But BGP is notoriously got a problem now. Oh, okay. BSEC does run. BGP for SD-WAN. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, BSEC. I thought BGP may be uh, a little, not not beyond you, right? Like, obviously, you're qualified to do it. I thought it was more for larger organizations that had bigger internet footprints. Anyways, the problem with BGP or the, 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 the risk of BGP is twofold. One, they talk about hijacking BGP, which where you could just control the routing of network traffic and maybe run it through something that you're using to collect wholesale network traffic or for rerouting. But more importantly, the, the, the time you see BGP really become a problem is when um, it gets misrouted and an entire network on the internet like disappears right famously i think youtube disappeared from saudi arabia at one point facebook like last year or last fall uh had a bgp issue and it went down you know like you may have you may have remembered facebook not being accessible a couple months ago and it's all bgp and another thing about bgp that's really interesting is because it's network routing when you like say you make a mistake okay Let's say Carl accidentally misconfigures BGP for whatever reason, and it goes down and Facebook's down or Bank of America's down or whatever's down. You don't just like, oops, and hit control Z and back it up. All of these network routes, all of these scores, all of these healths, they all percolate through the internet. So it's like this chain reaction. Like you literally have to fix the problem and then wait for it to percolate through the internet. Uh, so it's not an easy thing to fix. Now, okay, so all that's like a lesson on BGP. And uh, BSEC will probably is way more well versed in BGP than me, so listen to him. But it sounds like the way that, um, well, okay, so RBKI, I guess, is going to help address the security shortcomings of BGP, uh, and it's all about adoption, guys. This reminds me of um, Let's Encrypt 
and going for SSL on all web traffic, right? Like you're adding additional layer of complexity. You know, it, it's worked fine for a while and now like we have to update it. You will see adoption rates, which they talk about in here as being low, 41%. This is one of those ones where like, okay, so the Dutch will be fine, but if YouTube goes down because of BGP routing somewhere in the world or Facebook, RPKI isn't gonna fix this. So what we really need to do is get mass adoption of this RPKI standard uh, to replace BGP. And I think it's gonna take something like a Let's Encrypt or a massive BGP hack or outage to to uh, force um, an adoption and a push for something like this. But 41% is not too bad, uh, but would love to see to get those numbers up. It makes me think of that scene in Wolf of Wall Street uh, with Matthew McConaughey, like 41%. Those are rookie numbers. We need to pump those numbers. We need to get those numbers up. We need to get RPKI pushed everywhere. So I love it. Dude, anytime I see some deprecated protocol that was designed without security in mind, without the current state of how hostile the internet is, getting updated or replaced or fixed in a meaningful way, just like our PKI to BGP, I love it. This is something that makes me wicked happy. Yeah, you got to pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Uh, let me see this. BK, uh, BSEC is dropping this in chat. So we'll go ahead and bring it on. There we go. Thank you, BSEC, for that. Let's keep rolling. Widespread backdoor installed on WordPress sites. GoDaddy's Securi security team published details on a campaign to install Balada injector malware on WordPress sites. The campaign dates back to 2017 and surfaces in waves every few weeks. The malware targets theme and plugin vulnerabilities, injecting freshly registered domains to create random subdomains pointing to scam sites. The malware attempts to create faked admin users for the site to harvest data and establish persistence. It's estimated the malware infected over 1 million WordPress sites. Like I get that WordPress is easy to deploy and I, you'll see a lot of like, and I'm not crapping on these people, but you'll see a lot of like IT service providers like, oh, hey, like I'm a, I'm a one man shop. I can set you up. And like, I get it, small businesses, right? So like, um, you know, like, like let's say you're Joel Belton's ice cream shop, right? You're all about ice cream. You're all about milking the cow and making that fresh ice cream and like the sickest milkshakes on the block. You're not into IT, so you outsource it. You need a website, right? It's 2020, oh, Jesus. It's 2023, you need a website. So you outsource it and WordPress sites can get spun up wicked fast, but you're running the risk of several things. One, misconfigured WordPress site, um, extra sprawl with plugins and stuff, not keeping it up to date and managing the patch management because the IT person, you paid them to stand it up, not maintain it and organize it. So you get these type of situations. Threat actors have been targeting WordPress sites since WordPress came on the scene. A million WordPress sites are infected. That's not a small number. That's a big number, right? So be mindful of that. If you are, two, two calls to action here. One, if you run a WordPress site or there's WordPress in your environment, then be mindful of this particular compromise. And it, according to the research here, it's very easy to discover, excuse me, it's very easy to discover if you have been infected by the Balada, um, um, what do they call this? The Balada, uh, inf injector malware okay you can see right here the campaign's easily identified uh string from care code obfuscation freshly registered subdomains right it's going to serve up fake tech supports 
fraudulent lottery winners, all these things. Just be mindful if you are running WordPress. Also, um, if you are an IT shop and you serve WordPress sites to people, like uh, do them a favor and maybe run a quick scan on their stuff or offer it as a service. Do it as a good faith thing. But just, you know, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And you know, you know what another thing is just to like put a mindful thing in there. So many people do this mistake. Okay. So I just had a conversation with the students at the Citadel about exposure management. So many people with WordPress, it's super easy to like deploy a new plugin, like click plugin deployed, try it out. Oh, this isn't what I like. Try another plugin, right? You've got to clean up after yourself. You can't make a mess on the kitchen counter because you're trying experiments to make different kinds of brownies and then just decide like, I don't want a brownie. I want a cake and just leave a hot mess on the counter of brownie mix and spatulas and mixing bowls and crap. You got to clean up your stuff because ants will come in, right? Ants are threat actors now in this story. Ants will come in, right? You would clean up behind yourself in order to manage your exposure to bad stuff happening. Same thing here. It's 2023, guys. WordPress cyber hygiene is like a standard thing. I should get a shirt. Like, you know, <laughs> like, have you checked your WordPress today? Tracing leaked Pentagon documents. Eric Toller of Bellingcat traced the leak of U.S. Justice Department and Pentagon documents online, some of which the government designated as top secret and involved the invasion of Ukraine. Toller found evidence these documents first posted as early as January on a Discord server, but may have appeared online before that. Toller spoke to some on the Discord server that the documents were originally posted on a now-deleted server earlier, but he could not confirm it. From there, the documents spread to 4chan. In March, they made their way to Telegram channels and Twitter, where the New York Times and other media outlets picked them up. Twitter. All right. It's so weird. Like, okay, so essentially the TLDR here is that top secret documents got leaked about the United States involvement in the Ukrainian conflict. Uh, Bellingcat, really quick, I did share this with the Citadel students today as well, uh, coincidentally. Bellingcat, if you are interested in OSINT, if you are interested in threat intelligence, like really interested in it, if you're interested in understanding how to provide analysis of threat intelligence, Bellingcat is fantastic for some reason. And if you're in chat and you know about Bellingcat, please share your thoughts. For some reason, Bellingcat does not get prime time coverage. You don't hear about them often, but they are a super legit source of OSINT and 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 like information and intelligence. It's sick what they're doing. And they do a lot of aggregation of stuff too. BSEC saying, some are saying it could be worse than the Snowden drop. There's more than just Ukraine, OSINT on Russia and China. Wow. Yeah, so we'll see. This is another one of those ones where... um. You know, I don't know if the documents are still available. It's on 4chan now, so I guess they're available, but I would love to see someone do, like, I don't have the time for it, but someone do, like, an analysis the way that, like, Krebs on Security did an analysis of the Conti um, papers or the Conti leaks. Um, so we'll see. You know, one of the things that I did see or one of my students told me was that, you know, th there's been, like, an overestimation of how many... Uh, casualties are in the Ukrainian conflict being reported in the media in the United States. I, I had heard, you know, the numbers are 100,000, but the leaked top secret documents say it's actually closer to 15,000. So now we're getting into like, 
you know, misinformation, disinformation with actions on objectives. So we'll see. Uh, it's ridiculous that a top secret document got released on a Discord server. But I mean, if it is like a Snowden drop, maybe the individual was doing it to, um, you know, basically get it out there while trying to limit, uh, um, without trying to limit attribution as to who did the leaking, right? Because if you're dropping, Edward Snowden's a perfect example. If you're leaking top secret U.S. government documents, you better have a plan to, you know, <laughs> like take care of your affairs because you're going to jail or have a plan to get out of the, the country, um, you know, one way or the other. So uh, I don't know much about this. So to me, this is interesting. Stay tuned. It just shows you how prominent Discord is also, honestly. I do like Bellingcat though. Another thing, like, guys, can you drop this in chat too? I am still perplexed how Telegram channels have become the new the new way to communicate stuff. Like, is there is there, like, I know some people have told me that there is, like, uh, like yellow pages effectively for Telegram channels, but like, is there a curated list of Telegram channels I should be joined to? Like I have multiple Telegram channels and it's like me and my college friends, me and my family, me and my, you know, low country friends, me and my wife. Like I don't have, I'm not on a like clop ransomware threat, <laughs> threat actor Telegram channel. I am not on a, you know, Conti leaks telegram channel with 25,000 people. I don't get it. I like, am I, am I too old? Am I too old where I missed the, like, is there, where are these kids getting these things? Reddit, Twitter, darknet. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I have to be invited. Well, I guess that's not going to happen as, as cool as I like to think I am. I do have like an earpiece jutting out of my head and I, I <laughs> for an hour a day, I just yell in an empty room at a microphone. So uh, I'm probably not getting an invite anytime soon. Also, fun fact, I just drank that coffee and I am wicked hot. This this sweater I'm wearing um got to go. Lifts limits on Kremlin accounts. The Telegraph reports Twitter removed its restrictions on Kremlin-linked accounts, including for official accounts for Russian President Vladimir Putin. These accounts now show up in search results, timelines, and the For You feed. In April 2022, Twitter said it would not amplify or recommend government accounts belonging to states that limit access to free information and are engaged in armed interstate conflict. These restrictions were a direct response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and implemented against Kremlin-linked accounts the same day. Whoa. Um, okay. So this is interesting. Um... This is interesting. I guess, you know, I, I, I have to really think about what my opinion here is on this one. But basically, Twitter, effectively Elon, right? Where's my Elon? Elon, you know, basically makes the decisions of this magnitude, has de-restricted or taken the, 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 the handcuffs off, if the ball and chain off, of the state-sponsored Russia, Chinese state-sponsored accounts, right? I, I don't know which ones those are, but like maybe like Russia Today or whatever the Chinese one is. And I mean, the argument you would make is like, oh, this is allowing for oh, public discourse and all that. But we know that some of these accounts are used for misinformation, disinformation. Uh, so it gets really murky as to, God, I mean, this is why we are in a really interesting time where like an individual private citizen tech baron 
has the ability to influence what society hears and sees. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's like almost as powerful as a government. If not more powerful because he's not constrained to certain public policy. So we'll see. I guess the one good thing, <laughs> not to make light of this, but one good thing is that um, Twitter has kind of like burned itself down. I, I'm still on there. A lot of people are still on there, but like a lot of people have left the platform. So the power of these accounts to have misinformation, disinformation uh, is less uh, strong. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think they also... Uh, for what it, it's worth, I think that they also, the Twitter accounts also have the capability now for people to vote up or down on um, whether or not this tweet's true or it, it gets auto flagged for uh, potential um, fact checking and stuff like that. So there are some controls in place to kind of alert you that this might be propaganda. But stay tuned. It is Tuesday. And my Tuesday tidbits, I had no idea this story was going to be here. But this Tuesday tidbits is uh, going to relate to this quite interestingly. So stay tuned for that. I got to figure out how to take this top off without disrupting the show. And now a word from our sponsor, App Omni. Can you name all the third-party apps connected to your major SaaS platforms like Salesforce, Microsoft 365, or Google Workspace? What about the data these apps can access? After all, one compromised third-party app could put your entire SaaS ecosystem at risk. With App Omni, you get visibility to all third-party apps and SaaS-to-SaaS connections, including which end users have enabled them and the level of data access they've been granted. Visit appomni.com today to request a free risk assessment. All right. Microsoft. All right, so it is the mid-roll. Let's do some stuff here. God, I'm hot right now. All right, guys, it is the mid-roll. I want to take a hot minute and welcome all 211 of you here live in chat. I want to thank you all for being here today. I know Tuesdays can be tough at 10 a.m. This is the third to last 10 a.m. episode. Guys, thanks again to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Penopsi, XM Cyber. Definitely appreciate all of you. I do want to take a minute and ask you to hit that like button. It goes a long way and helping other cyber uh, people and aspiring cyber people find Simply Cyber. It goes a long way. Thanks, Slade. Um, but guys, really quickly, uh, show sponsor, Panopsi. I want to tell you about their quantified risk assessment methodology. Panopsi can come into your business, take a fact-based, evidence-based analysis, talk to your people, evaluate your processes, look at your tech stacks, and dump out not just what your current statistically uh, accurate risk exposure is, you have a 27 to 32% chance of a ransomware attack this year. Also, they can give you insights into where you can spend your money and how those investments can result in cyber risk reduction, right? So instead of just going YOLO and buying like MBM or you know, MFA or having two different firewalls that do the same thing. Guys, here's a spoiler alert. A lot of people in charge of information security programs love them. I know that they're doing the best they can, but a lot of times they will buy technology that serves the same purpose. It, it addresses the same risks. So like you have two, like two EDR solutions. That's a waste of money. You don't need to do that. So by doing a quantified risk assessment, you can identify these, um, 
opportunities to invest wisely, get high risk reduction. Panopsi knows how to do that. Quantified risk assessments are for pros only. Uh, it is a very involved process, but it's well worth it if you have the time, energy, effort, and money to pull it off. Go to panopsi.com to learn more. Tell Brandon that Jerry sent you. He's a good friend. Want to remind everybody that the Simply Cyber IO newsletter, go sign up. You'll get an email from me every Monday morning. And if you don't open it on Monday, I've started sending it out again on Wednesday for those people who didn't open it. I appreciate the people. Q, I'm looking at you. I appreciate the people who messaged me and said that they appreciated me resending on Wednesday because Monday is super busy and they sometimes miss it and they appreciate the opportunity to get it again. Thank you, David Meese. It's great to see you. All right, guys. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I am want to remind everybody, I actually was super busy and did not actually get to the, the challenge person yesterday. Jeff Watala, I did see the, the message come in. If Jeff Watala is in chat right now, Jeff, I saw you post on LinkedIn. Please tag somebody in, in chat. Genuinely appreciate you doing that. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an initiative that Chuck Sapp and I started where each day someone gets tagged. Lupe Peterman's in the house. Good to see you, Lupe. It's been a minute. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. If you get tagged, go ahead, um, post on LinkedIn your cyber story, what you've learned, what you're doing, why you're doing it, what you get from the community. Add tag me, add hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and then everybody in Simply Cyber Community, go connect with that individual as well as any individuals in the comments that are not a first level connection with you. Build your network. Simply Cyber could disappear tomorrow, right? Take, build your own network and, and take it with you. It's, 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 please, I'm begging you. It's so, so valuable. You don't know when you might need it, but if you're building it and delivering value, when you do need it, it will be so, so wonderful that you have it. Believe me. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, hey, if Jeff Watala isn't uh, in chat, Jenny Housley, let me know and I will tag somebody. Allison Van Stone is, is uh, ask. oh, Matthew Pierce is in the house. Yes, Matthew Pierce, my friend. Matthew Pierce, my friend. Good stuff. Thanks, Jeff Watala. Guys, really quickly, um, on Tuesdays, we do Tuesday tidbits where I share a little bit about me just at the mid-roll. Guys, right now, I am really, really focused, and I'll spend time on jawjacking with it if you want, but I am really focused on like misinformation, disinformation, learning more about it. I wanna show you that, um, like Cody Kinsey, if you, if you don't follow Cody Kinsey on Twitter, you should. He's a friend of Simply Cyber. He does wonderful work. He actually wrote a chatbot that can take an objective statement like a dog bit a kid named Roger, and then write it in different ways to influence how people receive it, negative framing, positive framing, neutral framing, it's fascinating. And on top of that, at the Citadel, I saw this this morning, they are teaching a brand new course on influence operations and support with US Cybercom and Microsoft. And I've actually requested to audit this course because I want to learn it. I am wicked into influence operations right now, which is uh, getting back to that uh, story uh, of Twitter and, and you know uh, China and Russian state-sponsored accounts. So a little bit about that. Um, I told you that I would uh, tell Team Replay something special at the mid-roll, but because of timing, I'll tell you at the jawjacking period, but believe me, I'm going to do it. Um, thank you, Jeff Watala and Matthew Pierce. Let's get back to the news. Ads registry preview to Power Toys. 
Microsoft offers its Power Toys as a free set of utilities for Windows. It recently added a new utility called Registry Preview. Like it says on the tin, it lets users preview registry files prior to import. This gives users a graphical view of a registry file and easily allows for comparing the new file to the current registry values. Microsoft released Registry Preview as, well, a preview, so you have to toggle it on in PowerToy settings to use it. Okay, so PowerToys um, is really cool. I have PowerToys installed on my machine. It comes from Microsoft. It's basically like if you're a power user, or if you're an IT person, it gives you a little bit access to some additional technology. I want to say I use Zoomit from SysInternals more than PowerToys, but I do have PowerToys up right now. Let me see what it... Um, yeah, you can... Um, here, I can't really show you on screen right now, but it has like a host file editor, power rename, you know, color picker, fancy zones. Like it has a lot of like just kind of utility functionality that makes life a little bit easier. And registry, um, like when you import a registry, there's no like visual thing. It's just like, it just writes it into the registry. So somebody must have asked for this to see what the, um, what the Delta is when you're importing into a registry. Very cool. I probably, I don't have a lot of need with it uh, personally, but it's cool. Uh, SysInternals zoom in here. Let me show you guys really quickly because this is a really sweet tool. Uh, SysInternals. SysInternals is the one that has PS exec and all that stuff, but zoom it. I use this tool like literally all the time. If you have seen me zoom in and like use the red highlights and stuff, like I, I can't do it because of the way the stream is set up. I'm just capturing the application, not my desktop. But if you've seen me do it when I give talks and stuff, that's what zoom it is. This is really powerful and super cool. Um, see how you can draw circle. It does arrows. Yeah. This is so good. If you're if you're regularly like doing demos or sharing your screen and pointing to stuff, this is where it's at, okay? Definitely, definitely wicked cool. How Lockbit changed ransomware. In 2022, the Lockbit ransomware organization accounted for 44% of all ransomware attacks launched. The organization itself launched back in 2019. Security Intelligence looked at how the group rose to such ubiquity in the threat landscape. It notes that while Lockbit wasn't the first ransomware as a service operation, it engendered trust with its affiliates that it uses to execute attacks by putting them in charge of negotiation and payments. Combined with a rapidly improving malware stack, Lockbit's services maintained a high demand among threat actors. The group also embraced a more professional approach, making calls for academic papers on dark web forums, creating easy-to-use dashboards to onboard less technically savvy clients, and even launching their own bug bounties. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I know that their service, I know that their product is crime, but it's a business, right? It's not okay. It's not legal, but it's a business. And they treat it like a business. They are professional about it. And like they said in the story, yes, they have affiliate marketing um, where you like, you know, Hey, anyone can do this, but they reinvest back into it. This isn't just a bunch of punks, like getting a cash grab and then going to, you know, Tahiti to drink, uh, you know, uh, umbrella drinks out of coconuts. This is like their job and they're serious about it. The fact like, I mean, it's almost comical that they have call for papers, academic papers on dark web forms. That's a bit much, but, uh, bug bounty programs, definitely easier to use dashboards. They're probably doing um, like product management, right? Like I've worked for enough vendors now, like product 
the lifecycle management. They probably have users that they have queried. Hey, we'd love to bring you in for an interview. What do you like about the product? What don't you like about the product? What would make the product easier for you to use? Oh, the dashboard is really confusing. Be nice. Cool. We'll do that. Hey, you want to negotiate your own uh, ransoms? Here's like a PowerPoint or a seminar on how to do that, right? They are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not diffusing, but they are, they are spreading the the racy matrix basically the uh, the responsibility they're pushing down they're empowering their affiliates right and it's working i also want to point out and this is really interesting i, I want to say um they're also i don't want to say like a heart of gold but i'm almost certain somebody in lockbit because you can't control the affiliates right it could be any you know joker who signs up you know like like good intent, ill intent, whatever. Um, I think Glockbit hit like a hospital somewhere, like a children's hospital, and the Lockbit ransomware gang actually gave the hospital the decryptor. And I think the affiliate who did the infection got, you know, uh, naughty, 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 you know, kind of got held accountable by the Lockbit gang. So they are, uh, you know, kind of criminal, not kind of, they're criminals, but they are operating with a certain uh, moral, you know, de definition, a certain philosophy on how they will be criminals. Um, and, and you know what, it's probably, um, it's probably in their best interest, right? <laughs> right. Um, they're probably making a ton of money. They're focused on business operations. This is absolutely one of those ones where you can tell if they ever get caught, I guarantee you the ringleaders of the Lotbit ransomware gang are highly intelligent. They're highly organized. They, they probably worked in business prior and, and knew how to grow businesses and stuff. Uh, and they're applying all those skills. It's just Lockbit ransomware is just a business. It's just a business, right? It's just that their product's illegal. NPM spam causes. No, they wouldn't be hacktivists, Liam. Hacktivists, the difference between like a hacktivist and a criminal, I mean, they're both criminals, but like a hacktivist the objective is what defines the activist the objective is to call uh, attention to bring light to some issue or some agenda that they are taking uh um pro a problem with and being an activist with it trying to elicit change lockbit they're just straight criminals they are not hitting hospitals because it's bad for business like you don't guys when darkside hit colonial pipeline they instantly exploded, right? The full power of the federal government went after them and they basically dissolved like a, a week later. You do not want to bring that kind of heat on you if you're a criminal, right? So you hit the soft targets, you hit the ones that people are willing to accept, like a manufacturing company or, or, or financial services company or something like that. Maybe even a crypto. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. You hit a children's hospital and now you're bringing in a lot of bad pub. DDoS. A new report from Checksmarks documents how threat actors made the NPM repository unstable with what effectively became a DDoS attack. This used malicious websites to publish empty packages, pushing the number of package versions on NPM up 77% in a very short period of time. These packages carried links to malicious sites. So it doesn't appear these packages were meant to take NPM down. Instability just came from the sheer glut of automation. Checksmarks recommends NPM integrate anti-bot spotting techniques for account creation. 
I'm curious though, what was the objective? Like if the objective wasn't to DOS it, it just happened to DOS it because of the amount of load they put on the system. What was the actual objective? Because they just uploaded a bunch of like empty crap. Um, yeah, they're poisoning the software supply chain. I agree, but what was the what was the point? What was the objective? Hmm. I don't understand. Like, I get that. Yeah, you can upload a ton of stuff, and then it's like it's like um, if you tried to provision like fifty servers at once on one hypervisor it would probably chunk and 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 be really slow or just straight up throw up on itself that's kind of what's happening here but what i don't understand is they said that the denial of service attack um what was a problem it's the bogus packages oh oh i get it. it's because it's malicious websites and publish empty packages to links to those websites okay i see so the point is that since Open source software gets um, ranked higher on search engines. They're levered. That's they're weaponizing the reputation of open source software repos to get their malicious websites higher up in the um, in the search results. Whatever. It's a lot of work. Private tweets appearing in your for you timeline. By design, the Twitter circle feature allows users to publish tweets only viewable to a select group of followers. It would appears to be a bug, users report seeing Twitter circle content in their public For You feed. According to TechCrunch's Amanda Silberling, these posts showed the retweet button disabled and clicking through made the content disappear. This comes after users reported a bug in circle last month where content posted didn't carry the typical green banner to indicate private publishing. We've gotten... Okay, okay, okay. So I... Okay. Here's the deal. This Twitter circle thing... Uh, it reminds me if you guys remember Google Homes or whatever that, or Google Plus. Do you remember back in the day where Google made like a half-hearted attempt at a social network, and it was like circles were kind of how they were going to do it. This reminds me of that. So Twitter, when you post a tweet, it basically goes out on the internet, and anyone that follows you sees it. And if someone retweets it, their followership sees it. Twitter circles is supposed to be this like constrained DM, like kind of like many to one DM type thing and now it's not private dude if you seriously thought for a minute that anything you posted on twitter whether it was a dm or a twitter circle was private you are i wish i had the sound effect with all due respect you are so dumb you are so dumb like what are you kidding me it's a social network you have no privacy there none it's laughable so whatever, I don't even use the Twitter circle. I mean, I, I guess I'm not, you know, big enough to have like a cybersecurity community and a retro synthwave community. And I guess you could cut it up that way. But for the most part, I just, you know, just blah, like yell into the ether. So if anyone thought for a hot minute that they had any level of privacy on social media, Twitter circle or not, that is the, uh, <laughs> that's the root cause problem. Um, that's the root cause problem that you had expectations of privacy. You have no privacy, um, up in Twitter's space. So if you did, I guess, post something on Twitter that you thought was private, you know, be aware it's not, and you can't really, uh, move that. Simply cyber community circle. Yes. Yes. 
Welcome to the Simply Cyber Community Circle. I can make no promises that our Discord server, um, you know, wouldn't, you know, get dumped publicly or whatever. Just here's the deal, guys. Don't post anything on anything, whether it's email, anything. Don't post anything on the internet that you wouldn't want to see on the front page of the news. That's the, at the end of the day, that's the rubric you should be, or not the rubric, that's the um, uh, litmus test you should be doing. Anything you post online, I don't care if it's a DM, an email to your mom. If, if you say, oh God, this would be bad. This would be really bad on the internet then you either don't do it or, or, or encrypt it and hope it, you know, quantum doesn't get it, quantum encryption. But dude, like, I don't know. All right, where are we at? Where are we at? Ooh, all right. Hey guys, if you were here just for the news, let me play a little bit of music. I've got an update for Team Replay. So if you're Team Replay, please stay here for a hot minute. Uh, let me play the Skyline Coaster. All right, guys, 217 of you. I genuinely appreciate you spending my time or spending your time with me today. It's 1043. So base case and NCC group, there's two minutes to throw onto the uh, <laughs> into the unbelievable debt of minutes that I've consumed over your time. Uh, if you were here just for the news, thank you very much. Team replay. I've got a this is kind of a programming update I want to share with everybody starting tomorrow, starting tomorrow. The Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing will run ads only at the uh, entry. We won't run mid-roll ads, okay? So for the longest time, I have not done ads. All of you who have been here know that I don't run the YouTube ads, like where you get the five-second thing and then you can skip ad. Well, research has been done, and apparently, it, and this totally makes sense. I don't know why I never thought of this, but YouTube... It isn't making money off of Simply Cyber's daily cyber threat briefing. So they're less likely to promote it to other people. They're more likely to promote something else that does run ads. So we're going to experiment by running ads just at the beginning on Team Replay. So not on Team Live, on Team, or, or, excuse me, like basically when the show ends, I'm going to turn on the ads after that. Starting uh, t tomorrow. Okay, I want to give everybody a heads up, so I won't do it today. Um, and... What we're, what we're believing is going to happen is that the, the daily cyber threat briefing will reach a wider audience, which has always been my goal. I want to help as many people as possible. And if this is something that we can all endure with, with the uh, objective of reaching a wider audience, then uh, let's do it. Okay. And obviously I'll probably make like a nickel, <laughs> a nickel a show. Uh, so, you know, uh, get that, get the piggy bank lined up, but, um, Anyways, that's what's going on with that. So that'll start tomorrow. Um, if you were here just for the news, thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow at Wednesday, April 12th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, also want to share with you that I am going um, I'm going on the road. Um, so Thursday, right at, like literally right after the stream on Thursday, I'm going to get on the road and drive to an undisclosed location with my family. I am bringing the mobile studio, so the Friday show will happen. I will just be at a remote location. Um, you know, and guys, if you're a regular of the Simply Cyber community, you know what the remote locations can be. They can be in my garage. They can be uh, in the dark in Las Vegas. Like, who knows? So stay tuned for what Friday show might bring. Thank you, Pursuit of Bliss, for understanding. 
Allison Van Stone, HackspaceCon, no. I'm, I'm doing, a, I'm actually um, doing a little long weekend trip um, with the family uh, to the beach. We have some, we have some very close friends who, uh, who have a beach house and we're going to, they've invited us up. So we're going to go, go with them. Have a good one, Liam. Thank you for being here. Yes, exactly. Aaron KG knows what's up. Yeah, I will enjoy time with the family. I appreciate that. Thanks, Brady. I appreciate that. Enjoy the trip. I will. Thanks, guys. Cool. I'm glad, Paul. I'm glad you guys feel that way. So there will not be a guest host this week. I'm bringing the mobile studio with the intent of doing the show myself remotely. Yeah, beach stream would be cool. Um, I will tell you next week I have to fly to San Diego and Eric Taylor uh, has offered to um, host the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing in my absence, which I genuinely appreciate. I'm just trying to figure out right now which days I can do the show and which days I can't because it's 5 a.m. Um, in Pacific time, which is not going to affect the speaking engagement I have. So thanks, Robert Burke. I enjoyed the stream too. Oh, hey, Mar Marcus. Carl! There we go. You guys love yourself some Carl and some Yeats. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, Mind Runs. Enjoy the show. It was a good one. Oh, Christopher K. Hall, you had asked a question about AWS and spinning up stuff, provisioning servers for cracking stuff. You absolutely can. I mean, just think of. Just think of AWS as a repository of massive amounts of processing power. If you can, you know, point them all at the same challenge, you can you can totally, um, you know, crack whatever, solve whatever. Uh, today, I actually didn't make a French press. So in days when I can't do a French press because I'm coming in hot from the Citadel, I actually have um, Costco's um, Pacific Bold K-Cup. So we have like a Keurig machine as my backup solution. Uh, Russell Brinson should come by the update for your gate getaway. Yeah. Simply cyber from the prane. Yeah. Just abusing the go, go in flight system. Yeah. Emilio. Yeah. We haven't had Eric Taylor on stream for a while. Good to see Kev tech it support in chat. Good to see you. Good to see you. Jenny Buckley. Oh, nice. Sheds update. I'm trying to get quotes from uh, drywalls. Drywall guys, we're going to get the electrical roughed in um, next weekend. What, what, while we're This weekend coming, while we're gone, the electrician's going to come and rough in. ISC squared certified cybersecurity. So Aaron McDowell, CC is ISC squared's new entry level cert. The trick with CC, it's probably a great cert. You got to look at job recs and who's asking for it, right? Like it's cool to get it, but if no businesses are requiring you to have it or asking for it, it has less value, right? Nice. Sheetrock. That's right, Carrie. That's right. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm super excited. I was in the shed last night, kind of like mapping out where stuff can go. We're going to have two different sets. One is like this set. Um, up on the desk and then another one is uh further away with me sitting at a little coffee table thing oh cool yeah if it's free giddy up on that Great cash, homie. all right 
Oh, hey, Steven Mooney. Yeah, no problem, my friend. We'll be here on Team Replay. Liam, I thought you went to bed. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Hey, guys, I don't know much about this, but Chad is saying right now that the Certified uh, in Cybersecurity exam from ISC Squared is currently free. If anyone has any information on that, please drop it in chat. If you can get a free cert from ISC Squared, giddy up on that. It will cost to renew it, but typically it's three years, right? And if you want, I mean, it, like a like a little hack, you could put it on your resume and say expired next to it, and the ATS systems will still see the word, you know, IAC squared certified cybersecurity, and then a human will look at it and see that it's expired and understand that your knowledge didn't disappear when you didn't pay to renew. Yeah, I hear you, Angela. Giddy up on it. Yeah, definitely. Blue team level one isn't on many jobs yet. I am using it as really good experience builder. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting experience, if you're getting knowledge from it, good. If you're just exam cramming and getting it, that's that's not going to do you much. Oh, cool, Joseph Dehar. Good luck on that. Uh, good luck on the Sec Plus exam. Let us know in chat how you do. Nice. Allison Van Stone. It's easier than the Sec Plus. Interesting. Okay. Nice. Steph Cluis working through women in cybersecurity. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, $50 for the cert. I mean, I don't know. Like, $50 to some people is disposable income. $50 to some can feed their family for a week, depending where you are in the world and what your financials are. So I'm not going to comment on whether or not it's worth the 50 bucks. Nice. Luke Canfield knocking out a pen test plus coming up. So Edgar wants to know my thoughts on CompTIA CYSA+. I've never taken that, but my understanding is that it complements SOC analyst work. So if you want to be a SOC analyst, CYSA+, is the only instance that I can think of where that's going to add value. I'll tell you what, guys. Like, I'm, I, I know I've been hinting at this, but, like, if I go full-time with Simply Cyber, I'm going to do things like just go sit for the CYSA plus and then come back and tell you what I thought about it. You know what I mean? Just go sit for the certified in cybersecurity and then come back and tell you what's up. Like, I want to do stuff like that. Like the Cody Kinsey, like I've had this Wi-Fi nugget. He's got a whole class I have access to. I want to just do the class and then report on it. That's what I want to do. Joel Belton's confirming CYSA plus does compliment sock work. Thank you. I know, Brady. I know. There's a... I'll tell you what, guys, uh, there's a number that I want my emergency fund to be at. Uh, and then, and then, and then it's, it's on. CH now has a similar base as ZBut broader cert with lab scholarship to participate. Okay. Thanks, Chris Pollica. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be really cool um, to do stuff like that. Nice. Luke Canfield says the GRC masterclass helped with uh, CYSA. Thanks, Joel Belton. I definitely, uh, right now, I, I do want to give, you know what, guys? Let's do a shout out. I want to give a shout out to uh, Estella. Kimberly can fix it. Estella Rays. Kimberly can fix it. Base case. Aaron KG. 
Um, Joel Belton, Justin Gold, BSEC, a couple others. But there, there's there's a group of people who help me. Simply Cyber, not only is Simply Cyber grown beyond me as far as like the network and the community and the value and what we're doing here and how you help each other. But like, I, I'm overwhelmed, right? And, and people have always asked me to help and stuff and I didn't know how to operationalize that help, but now I have. And Kimberly's helping me with certain um, social media stuff and marketing things. Um, and I still post myself, so it's not like I'm not doing that. Aaron's helping me grow um, the, the Simply Cyber YouTube channel. This is like where some of these video ideas are coming from and the idea for like turning the ads on, like that's gonna help. Um, I can't do this by myself and I genuinely appreciate, like Estella, she, she posts the podcast on the audio podcast app of choice every single day base case the guy does a million different things for me like it, it it's these people are just as important to the success of simply cyber and what we're doing here uh as anything i'm doing so i want to say thank you to those people specifically thank you very much for helping me i wouldn't be able to do it without you ah uh, let's see welcome to the squad uh taku Takuku Anohu. Takuku Ahanohu. I hope I said that right. All right. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you. Oh, yeah. we They do rock. They really are awesome. Of course, Kimberly. I appreciate you. Taki. Okay, cool. Taki. Thank you. Nice. All right, guys. We're at time right now. Appreciate it. So Michael Huskins asks, what's it mean to be a squad member? Michael, you are a squad member right now. Do you see how you your name is green and you have the little Simply Cyber logo next to your name? That means that you've either signed up to be a squad member or you've received a gifted sub. Being a squad member gives you access to some fun stuff, including the branding. But if you hit the reactions button in, Simply, in uh, YouTube, you'll actually get access to a ton of emotes that are exclusive to squad members you also get a special uh role on the simply cyber discord server it doesn't here's the thing being a squad member does not give you really access to anything that a non-paying member would do i'm not pay gating anyone sometimes i post a couple fun things to members only but for by and large if you are a non-paying squad member, I mean a non-paying member of the Simply Cyber community, you do not get a different, uh, uh, you don't get marginalized or limited. It's important to me, okay? So the squad members, it's really more of an opportunity to, um, it's, it's almost like Patreon or something. It's a way for you to help support the channel, help enable me to do fun stuff for the channel, upgrade my shed, for example, um, these type of things. So it's kind of like that. YouTube does take 30%, which kind of sucks, but, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, you did it because of Carl? <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Casey Gaska nailing it. It's behind the scenes, picks and posts. That's about it. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll do a poll for squad members, you know. Thanks, Candy Draney. So, yeah, I see Sid saying they're in Belize and can't donate. I appreciate that. Um, 
I've heard that in other international spaces, like internal strangers in Australia, he can't do it. If you do get a gifted sub, you can be a squad member in that capacity. But uh, I do understand there's some limitations on who can, even if you want to give money, uh, you can't. Uh, and, and that's unfortunate, but it's okay. It's okay. I, I will look into it though. You know what? I, okay, I'll just leave you with this and then I gotta go. Uh, yeah, they do take 30%. Um, one interesting thing that YouTube is now rolling out, but I don't have access to it, is having multi-language audio. So it's not subtitles in a different language. It's audio in a different language. And this is something I'd like to explore. If if you think, I, I'd be curious what people think. If, they're, if you're watching this on Team Replay and you're like just reading the subtitles because you don't understand English, I, I would have to pay a voice actor to basically watch a stream and then repeat what I'm saying in a different language. But I would love to make this briefing more accessible or the produced videos more accessible to a wider audience through multi-language audio. It will cost, it will cost because I have to hire someone to basically be an interpreter, but I think it could be really, really cool. And I'm, I'm excited for YouTube to unlock the capability on the Simply Cyber channel. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, Hindi would be a good one. Hindi would be a really good one. Portuguese or Russian? Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yes, Jonathan Nock. I don't know if we can find a uh, an interpreter who could get to the level of spicy, but we can we can try. We can try. All right, guys. I do have to get to work. I loved hanging out with you. Thank you all so much for your support of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Please share with members of your community if you think there's going to add value. Um, remember, Team Replay, there will be ads uh, in the intro tomorrow. Uh, so stay tuned to that. Thanks, everybody. Be good. And until next time, stay secure.